0: best time to set goals with your volleyball team? The beginning of the season. The next best time? Today. Goal setting improves overall performance and positively impacts player motivation and confidence. Studies also report players feeling more united by the end of the season if they participated in goal setting. Just because you didn't use goal setting at the beginning of your season doesn't mean you can't shift gears and get into a new routine download the goal setting packet from get and watch as your team improves their focus at practices and kicks the season into high gear. Just follow the link in the show notes to learn more and get ready to have your best season yet. Hi there, coaches. This is Whitney from Get the Pancake, a podcast for volleyball coaches. In today's episode, I'm going to be reading a recent article from getthepancake.com. Just yesterday, on Saturday, I asked on Instagram if you all had any questions that you were hoping I would answer, and I got a lot of really good responses. And lately, I've also been getting a lot of requests to have other coaches come on the show And so instead of tackling some of those questions that I was really excited to answer from Instagram, I decided that I would save those up and have a discussion with another coach or a couple of coaches because not only are these great questions in general, but I would love to hear the perspective of other coaches and learn about how they tackle these issues as well. So thank you for submitting those responses. I'm going to save them and have discussions with other coaches. I'm going to be working on securing some interviews over the next couple of weeks. So I will let you know on Instagram and Facebook when that happens. But as you are probably aware, this podcast releases new episodes every Sunday. So just go ahead and subscribe. That way you don't miss them when they come out. The article I'm going to be reading today is something that I think most of us um, relate to, unfortunately. If you don't relate to this article yet, you probably will over the course of your career. So maybe you don't need it now, but go ahead and listen anyway. It will be something that you probably come back to later on. The article that I'm going to be reading today is called, Your Last Tournament Was a Flop. Four steps to recover. Now, I'm going to be reading the article for the most part, but I'm also going to add some side comments because as I was writing it, I had so many side comments, but I edited myself down for clarity. But now that it's going to be on the podcast, I feel like that gives us a little more flexibility in terms of how I deliver the message. So, with that, let's go ahead and get into the article. Your last tournament was a flop. Four Steps to Recover, by Whitney Bartook from GetThePancake.com. The Agony. Leaving the gym after a less-than-stellar performance is one of the worst feelings for a coach. You start questioning everything, wondering why you even signed up to coach this year, you start doubting if you're a good coach, wondering exactly what went wrong, and in these situations, it's usually everything. It's just not a good time. Depending on your personality, you may feel depressed, angry, apathetic, or a whole host of other emotions. You might even yo-yo between a few of them. That's all right. Give yourself the rest of the day to feel these emotions and then let them pass. Repressing them is only going to extend their shelf life, but once the next day rolls around, it's time to roll up those sleeves and get to work. Step one, vent and regroup. All right, your pity party has officially ended. Now it's time to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. We're going to take some time to write down all the things that went wrong. It doesn't matter how trivial it may feel at the time. If something happened that you weren't pleased with in the tournament, make a note of it. So this first step serves two purposes. One, we're creating data. That's something that we're going to be analyzing in the next step. And two, we get all of our venting out. So a list of the things that went wrong after a particularly bad tournament might sound something like this. No one was standing in the right place. Our serving was pathetic. Our hitters sent half of their swings out of the court. Miranda missed half of our tournament, throwing off our lineup. And we let so many balls drop. You get the idea. Don't hold back. If you need to write more, go all out. Notice that in my examples, I'm not trying to be politically correct or anything. Like you wouldn't normally share that your team serving was quote unquote pathetic. And that's okay. Again, part of this is eventing. So just be honest with your feelings. This is going to stay private. So let it rip. Once you finish up your list, you'll most likely feel a sense of calm wash over you. And you may realize you lose some of the tension you've been feeling. I know it just takes a good vent session for me to loosen up after a bad tournament. So after you get the sense that you can't think of anything else to add and you feel almost empty of your anger, it's time to move on to step two. So our first step was vent and regroup. Step two is clarify and solve. Now that our minds are clear, it's time to go back to our list. You can give yourself a small break if you need it, but I recommend addressing your list sooner rather than later. We're going to do our best to describe why we believe the problem happened and clarify if necessary. I'll do a sample review of my own list from before to explain what your notes might sound like. First, we're going to clarify. You'll notice that a lot of this clarification process is taking general complaints and trying to figure out what actually happened and we're just getting more specific diving down. So the first one was no one was standing in the right place a little dramatic, but okay. And then to clarify, we're going to say, we released into defense too late and we were caught off guard often. Okay. That's better. That's something we can work with. Next example, our serving was pathetic. Now that could be any number of things, but we're going to clarify and say, we missed critical serves when there was pressure. When we say our hitters sent half of their swings out of the court, What we really meant was we didn't use any other attack options. We only swung 100% all out on every ball. And being upset that Miranda missed half of our tournament, throwing off our lineup, well, a player got sick the morning of, and maybe I just wasn't ready to make last-minute changes. Finally, when we were venting and we said we let so many balls drop, well, looking back, it seemed like it was just a lot of miscommunication between our front row and back row on free balls. So now that we've clarified, let's spend some time coming up with possible solutions based on what the real problem is, not our dramatic interpretation of what happened. Okay, so solving these issues, when we say no one was standing in the right place and we... We're releasing into defense too late. Looking at that clarification of the problem is that we need to practice reading the opponent's setter and improve our footwork speed. As a side note, most of these suggestions do link to drills and other articles on getthepancake.com. So I will link to this specific article in the show notes. If you would like to scroll down to step two, that's where you're going to start seeing some of the links to ways to improve these specific issues. But of course, feel free to just click around on the website. There's a ton of drills and tips that you can use. Okay, back to our issue of serving being pathetic, missing critical serves when there's pressure. The way to solve that is to make sure that you're running more high pressure serving drills in practice. That way your players feel more confident in themselves when they are placed under pressure because it's something that they're used to. Or when your hitters are hitting half of their swings out of the court because they don't know any other shots, what you need to do is teach them how to tip and do roll shots and learn when each shot is appropriate. I have a couple of drills for that, again, linked in the original article. Now, the next one about a player missing half of the tournament because they're getting sick and you weren't ready to make last-minute changes. One way to solve that or attempt to solve it is to emphasize healthy eating habits like staying hydrated and eating whole foods, making sure players are getting enough sleep. That way, they get sick less often. But I also come to tournaments with alternate lineups just for different situations. So I would recommend doing that ahead of time as well. And that might help you out if a player is missing. Then finally, trying to solve the issue of the balls dropping and then realizing there's miscommunication between front row and back row. Well, just practice when front row should take the ball and when the back row should take the ball. You're going to be teaching front row to stay out of the way and back row to call the ball early when it is a truly back row ball. And you can design your own drill here using the building up to chaos system that I discussed in a previous episode on the Get the Pancake podcast. I'll link to that as well. But this would be a really great way to teach your entire team when one option is appropriate and when the other option is appropriate. Okay, so just to review, step one was to vent and regroup. Step two is to clarify and solve. This is after a bad volleyball tournament step three we're going to prioritize and plan so with a long list of things to fix and a clear mind we can now start the process of planning future practices but first it's important that we look at each solution we came up with and prioritize this list so depending on your own personal preferences and strategies you may value one skill over another according to my own assessment of the example list of issues that I gave, I would want to work on serving under pressure and reading the opponent's setter before I start focusing on hitting options with my front row. Again, this is personal preference, but why? So serving happens much more often, particularly at the younger ages, which is where I typically coach. And the process of learning how to read a setter is long and complicated. I figure you might as well get to work on that first since it will take time for the players to develop in that area. I also feel that hitting decisions and improving communication between front row and back row will only take a drill or two to improve. So these are lower on my list of priorities. I still wanna teach them, but they're just not the first thing that I'm going to tackle. So depending on how much time you have before your next tournament, you might have enough time to address all of the issues. If that's the case, at least make sure to introduce more complicated items earlier. This is going to give your players time to process the information and give them time for it to click. When you're planning your practices, it's easy to get lost scrolling through website after website looking for the perfect drill. However, the best drill for your team might just be the one that you create yourself, especially if you're looking to fix a specific issue to your team. That is why I personally love creating drills and wrote an article about how you can create your own too. Again, sometimes it's just more efficient to sit down and plan out a drill and create your own rather than spend endless hours scrolling and scrolling and then eventually forget what you're looking for. We're coming up to step four. Step one, vent and regroup. Step two, clarify and solve. Step three, prioritize and plan. Step four, Execute. You've come this far. Make sure to actually schedule your drills into practice. I know plenty of coaches who head to practice without a plan and think that they will remember everything they want to work on, but I also know that anytime I try to just remember things, I usually fail. Write out your practice plan and be sure to include all of your new drills that you've designed or found to correct the issues from your last tournament. It may be worth it to sit down with your team to share your analysis. So now this is when we are going to share the politically correct version of what our venting returned. And tell them the solutions you've thought of. So for example, instead of saying that our serving was pathetic... I might share with my team. We really struggled to serve under pressure. That's much nicer and they will probably agree with you. So unless your own analysis is way off, you should get agreement and buy-in from your team. This is going to help build trust in you as a leader following a poor performance, because honestly, after a bad tournament, there will be a lot of discussions on the drive home that players and parents have, and you want to reassure them in that first practice back that, okay. Maybe things went wrong, but I know what they were, and this is how we're going to fix it. And that's reassuring to your players. So in the end, you will always find something to work on. There's no way that you can teach your team everything they need to know in just a couple of weeks or months leading up to where you're at now. Even by the end of your season, you'll be sending them off to another coach who will find plenty to work on with them. It's a process. So just accept that now. You're not going to fix everything in one or two weeks. So when you're executing your well thought out drills, be sure to keep a positive and optimistic attitude. Your players will probably start out in these drills poorly because you're working on these skills for a reason, right? So help them progress just by being reassuring and letting them know that you believe in them. By the time your next tournament rolls around, you should feel more prepared and ready to take on the day. Thanks so much for listening coaches. Again, that article title was your last tournament was a flop four steps to recover. Everything that I mentioned is going to be linked in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you appreciate the value of these free podcast episodes, please consider leaving a review, whether that's just a rating or you want to write a sentence or two about how the podcast has helped you or what you'd like to see in the future. I would really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to have you back for next week's episode.